Hi, we are here in the Newport, uh, Rhode Island uh, Tennis Hall of Fame location with Mohammed Safar from Egypt. How Hello. are you? Hey, how are you? Nice to meet you. So, yeah, I've been meaning to do this interview with you for a very long time. For a very long time. So yeah. finally we do this face to face. So, yeah. uh, so let's start with Roland Garros. You were one of the lucky losers. You played uh, Dimitrov. How was uh, that experience for you? Uh, it was it was good experience. It was great experience actually. Uh, it all happened all of a sudden. I was number eight in the lucky loser, and uh, no one really was announcing that Troisky would pull out. And I just signed, and it was I was was the only me that signed this day. And uh, yeah, I got informed 10:35 that I have to be ready to play at 11 on on the center court against Dimitrov. So it was actually. I need to prepare quick for the match. I didn't have much of preparation, but it was great experience. It uh, it boosted my confidence. It shows me that I can compete in such a high level and uh, what I need to work on. And uh, what's the difference between you playing a top player and, uh, and and between myself? That's great. That was my second question. So what did you find out about yourself when you played on the big stage, Philip Chatry against you know a, a high seed? Uh, what, what were your takeaways I, from that match? It took me a while to, to adapt and get in the match. As I told you, I got in a short notice. I didn't have really time to prepare. But I think that was also an advantage, you know, when you suddenly find yourself uh, going to be in this situation. It's, you know, better than you have more time and you start to think about it and you start to imagine things, you know, just go in and play. I was struggling in the first set. I was, I mean, I, I was not nervous, but I was just trying to find out, you know, the dimension is different, the, the court is bigger, my tension was different because I was always playing on the outside court. Uh, it took me a while to, to, to find out what I really need to do. And in the middle of the second set, I, I find out what I needed to do. I, I started to, to feel more comfortable in the court, more, more the ball, more the strokes, and I started really to, to, to play. And it was, was a good match starting from. 6-1 down, 4-1 down, was starting to be really a good match. It was an open match after that. Yeah, a lot of knowledgeable tennis fans, they also keep an eye on what's going on in the Challenger Tour and your name is some, you know, we've all followed. You've done some good results. So what is the life, what is the difference between playing on the Challenger Tour, uh, the travel, the tournaments, because someone like Gulbis was talking about, like, the facilities come sometimes can be different. So how is that challenge, uh, you know, when you are there on the Challenger Tour, because the level of tennis players is really good. I mean... I, if I talk about tennis of level, level of, I mean, I wouldn't see really, really much difference. You know, of course, there's a difference that, that, that you know, if you're talking about like top 30 to 40 players, but I wouldn't say that's a huge gap between like there's a big gap from futures to challenger, for example. But I wouldn't say if a challenger player is playing here, you, you will see all the guys. You know, if they have a chance to play in the ATP and they qualify and have a chance to play in the Mindro, they always compete. You know, you never see like that huge gap. Maybe it's a small gaps between the challenger level in the in the tennis level I'm talking and the ATP level of course facilities you know it's it's different because it's here they have a bigger budget you know it's a, it's an old tournament you know they've been developing it for years and years and years you know challengers they also don't have this big budget for the tournament they've been struggling financially they're trying to to add more tournaments in the in the in the in the calendar, so of course the facilities, you know, is not every week is not as as you as you expected, you know, or, or if you compare it, I don't think it's a fair comparison between if you compare the facilities between the the challenger level and the ATP. At, at least ATP is trying to keep the minimum, like you you find the, the good balls, physio. Gym, you know, locker room, you know, you have your your minimum facilities, you know, going not going too fancy.
Yeah, so that uh, obviously takes us a little early in your tennis career. Uh, you're one of the few players to come out of Egypt in the last few years. So how's the tennis scene in Egypt and how did you get into tennis? Because you, you don't see many tennis players from the Middle East at least making the top 100. I mean, tennis is not a really popular sport in, in the Middle East in general and also in Egypt especially. I mean, but we have the, the, the generation we have now, you know, I'm, me, I, I, I mean, I, I'm in the top 200. We have a young guy, his name is Yusuf Hossam. He's already, he was number seven in the world in junior. I mean, I believe he, if he worked right and he has all the, the he has the potential mm -hmm. to, to, to go through. He has Karim Mamoun, he also was around two, maybe dropped now, but he was like 250, 240. So, so that, the, the players are coming up. And also in the, in, in the Arab in general, we have Malik. Malik, he's been the, He's a very best player and he's really doing everything. We have Lamine also. So, so I mean, it's getting better. Like, the group is getting getting better. But, you know, it's not like really famous sport that you get all the attention and everything. But slowly I see, like, it's started, you know, like we have more players than we used to, when we used to What's be. the level of Egyptian federation for tennis? Is there, they're helping players out? Or how does that work? Because it's a very international sport. It's a very international sport and very expensive sport I to travel all over the world to play. I wouldn't count if, if me as a player and I really wanted to, to go up, I wouldn't count on the support of the federation because, you know, tennis is a very expensive sport and uh, our federation has a very limited limited resource. For some reasons, I don't know the reason, but they have for sure they have some limited resource. But... Uh, the money they offer per year or something, I wouldn't really, as a player who really wanted to, to have a team around, travel all the year, you know, practicing here and there, I wouldn't count on, on that on that budget, you know, because it's 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 really like tiny for, yeah. you know, and also again, you know, it's it's not famous, so it's tough to get a sponsor, you know, it's also that the problem in tennis, it's a long-term investment, and like it's not like. A, in football, you invest money, you have money, you get the best player, and then you're having the league. You know, it's tennis. You always have to invest. Maybe it work out. Maybe it doesn't work out. You know, maybe players will reach, and players doesn't reach. So it's a long, long process. So also from the from a, from a are there business. are there enough uh, challenger tournaments in the in the Middle East region where you can play? You don't have to travel outside or we don't have. I mean, we, we there was four tournaments in Morocco. They've been cancelled. They don't do it anymore. Tunis also they started to do it this year. That's it. I don't think uh, that, like I in the calendar this year was just one. I mean it would be good to have more tournament for in Tunis, Morocco, if we have in Egypt, you know, like it, at least like it would be nice to have like six to eight tournaments a year in in the in the area and instead of you know, travel there, travel here, you know, it would be better to have that, yeah. So how does someone like you, and I'm sure there are a lot of players on the Challenge Tour, how does someone like you plan your travel and your what is schedule? Because, you know, you have to keep in mind because uh, for, for you came in Newport, you lost first round quality yeah. or second round? First so, round. So how does it work for you? Now you stick around a few days, practice. Just uh, talk us about in general, what does Mohamed Safa do when you're planning tournaments and where are you going next? What's the overall picture like? No, I mean, I, I was... Doing before I came here, we looked at the calendar. I I improved my ranking. Like I was, I reached at run, like 165, and I saw I got a chances to play the the ATP. I was playing a lot of challenges at the beginning of the year. 
I agreed with my team that we need to play in the, in the higher level, which is we have the chance. So we decided to play last week. I played the Venetica in Chicago, the challenger. I lost in quarters and then we playing, I played Newport, lost here for strong qualities. Going to Binghamton? No, I'm, I'm going to Atlanta and then Los Capos. And then I'll play Aptos and Vancouver and then the US Open. So it's like I'm doing like a swing, you know, in, in America till sure. the US Open. Also, it's good preparation for... For you, hoping to to play on the hard court, to, to also get used for the time difference, for the weather, more or less the balls, you know, the whole conditions, you know. So, so that's what the idea, the whole plan. And how big is your team? Who do you travel with? For these I'm tournaments? having now my tennis coach and my psychologist, and they are traveling with me, then me like in in this American trip. Just help us elaborate. How does the psychologist, you know, what? What it's a mental game. Benefit, at the end. Yeah. It's, a, it's tennis. It's a mental game. At the end, you know, it's a, you need to control your emotion. You need to 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 stay clear. You know, don't, don't be clouded. If you lose matches, you need to follow up. So, it's it's good to have to have both. For, I mean, that's what I experienced. You know, because at the end of the at the end of the day, the game is all about how your mind is stable, how your mind is. Uh, Sleep, how you be able to think on court, so so it's it's very important for me, and I, I like to invest more time in that also. And grass is a surface that was very big back in the day in 80s. Now you don't see grass maybe you know a few weeks before Wimbledon, and this is the only tournament yeah. in America. Did you ever uh, play on grass like yeah. growing up? Yeah, I mean no, growing up no. Growing up, my first time was playing on grass was 2015, I think. This was my ever first time played in Wimbledon qualies. I played good actually for the first time, and then I, I lost in the final round qualies in Wimbledon. And then I next year I played again one more tournament, ATP in Antalya. I had my best result there. I qualified. I won. I, I lost in the second round for Manarino, and I played Wimbledon and here again. So, but it's good. I like. I like to play in grass from time to time. You know, it's uh, whenever I have a chance to play in grass, I really enjoy it. Enjoy to play to okay. play in grass. All right, a couple more questions. I know it's hard. I'll let you go. So, how does the training work during tournaments? Is is it different during tournaments, or you have your training block and then work with your goals? Like, uh, how 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 you divide the training? It's always. I mean, we we practice also during the tournament. You know, we work, we complete what we are doing from the beginning of the year. You know, there is an idea, there is goals we do, and we always try to 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 see. Okay, in this tournament, this went well. This went well. So we need to keep up this. And you know, this is was bit shaky so we need to work on this part you know we always see and 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 always keep closer look on the on the matches you know that's that's how you how you pro, how you make the process and progress and improve and what's a short-term goal ranking wise what are you looking at uh, right now i mean i would i would be happy to finish the year around the hundred that's that's would be would be i mean would be would be would be nice sure and are you recognized in egypt if you go Walk around in restaurants or in the no, streets? No, not really, not really. I'm not a. I'm, I'm, a, I'm normal. You're the I'm, best tennis player of Egypt, so. No, I'm, I mean there was better players than me. I mean, I, I mean they have Ismail Al Shafi. He was, uh, he did quarterfinal in Wimbledon, and I think he's. Uh, I mean, I still didn't reach even the mender of Wimbledon, but, but uh, yeah, it's it's the goal always to 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 improve and to to pass the knowledge to the to the young generation. And last, any message to your fans who listen to my podcast and read the blogs, anything you want to say? Yeah, I'm always again? happy, happy for their support, happy for their messages I always receive. And if I cannot answer any of them, I just like always traveling and traveling and uh, like busy practice. And, and I try to respond as many as I can. 
and uh, yeah, just keep uh, supporting me and wish me luck for the next of, next of the tournaments. Absolutely, it has been fun following you on the Challenge Tour, and we wish we see you more on the ATP Tour. Thanks a lot. Thanks for doing Thank this. You. Thanks, appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks.